And now, broadcasting on Star Worldwide Networks, it's In the Green Room. Green is in, but what does that really mean for you? Join the gang for a fun and energetic half-glass, half-full perspective to what and how sustainability is the lifestyle for the future. It can really affect everything you do, from your health, wallet, environment, money, even your morals. So our goal, to help save the planet one show at a time. Now, welcome to The Green Room. Welcome, everyone, to In The Green Room. I'm Kinga. And I'm Chet. I uh, hope you're all having an amazing evening. Tuesday, uh, Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, well, we're all lucky that we're survivors of the corona pandemic. <laughs> all the hysteria out there right now, it's kind of crazy. It's actually funny to turn on the news, but sorry about bumming it. And uh, you, but, you, you slipped by that cruise without getting coronavirus oh. on your cruise well, in January. Yeah, that was back in January. So it was before the whole thing erupted, but... Tonight, we'll be talking to Christy Wheeler, who uh, is a nutritionist, and she'll be able to tell us how we can make our diets healthier, and that'll make your immune system stronger, and then you might have a lower chance of getting there coronavirus. Yeah. So instead of freaking out, tonight, we're going to learn some great information about how you can be eating healthier and get your immune system back on track the natural way. And Chet, you don't know, I've learned so much. So welcome, Christy Wheeler. Thank can you, you say hello? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. We are super excited. <laughs> I, I was lucky and, and grateful to uh, attend your lecture <coughs> at, uh, at a hospital. Mm -hmm. And uh, I learned so much. I was just kind of jotting things down. I just was mesmerized by everything you said. I thought, okay, I really need to eat better mm. because you're, you focus on nutrition for the brain. Yes. And, yeah. and people don't know that in any time mm -hmm. you can develop, you know, all kinds of like epilepsy or Alzheimer's or mm -hmm. you, you name it. Our, our brain Go controls ahead. the rest of the body. So, you know, why not eat for our brain to be able to make sure that our, our body is balanced? Yeah. So where do we get started? Oh, man. Where do you want to start? So <laughs> <laughs> well, while you think on that, we have to welcome uh, our musicians in-house. We've got Aliza nice. and Conrad. Hello, I'm Aliza. I'm Conrad Varela. <laughs> Welcome in the green room. We're happy to be here. And we are so excited for them to uh, partake in our conversation about this nutrition. Uh, is, like Chet mentioned, the coronavirus, mm -hmm. we all need to be eating healthier yep. and uh, sleeping and doing Well, I was that. bringing it up just to like laugh for a second, because while it is <laughs> serious, we all need to take it seriously and wash our hands and be as healthy as possible. Mm -hmm. I really think that they're really blowing out of proportion mm -hmm. right now, making Lots it sound of like... Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I'm surprised they didn't have you on lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> right, after the cruise, is that right? what you're thinking? Yeah, a lot of people were like locked down for like weeks. Right? They were stuck and they couldn't work and stuff. Crazy. Well, Chet got back from the cruise. He was in the cruise uh, in January, so before yeah. the big outbreak right. happened. But you did come back sick. Maybe you, you brought you it here. Yeah, it was just from <laughs> sleep <go>. deprivation <laughs> and uh, too much alcohol intake, actually. <laughs> Chet started the coronavirus in Arizona. No, I was from drinking too many Coronas too many. in the Bahamas. That's how you get it. Yeah. No. <laughs> that was a good point, Eliza. So uh, Christy Wheeler is the wealth of information on all this nutrition. And I, I'm so excited to learn more about keto because mm -hmm. I know we focus on keto. I don't know if you all have heard of keto. Mm -hmm. Very so, trendy right now. Very and, trendy. And teach us. Mm -hmm. Teach us why we need to be more keto. So um, I don't know that everybody necessarily needs to be on a ketogenic diet, but it is pretty popular right now. And I think what we see, Why? well, um, I mean, that's a great question because I do think that there is a lot of um, uh, 
basically a lot of focus on cutting carbs because people want to lose weight and losing weight is really what tends to drive people's nutrition uh, choices. But I do see a huge benefit. I, we use the ketogenic diet therapeutically um, to help with managing seizures for patients that um, basically have medically intractable epilepsy, meaning that they've tried medications and it's not effective. And food can be the answer food instead of medication. Food can absolutely be the, wow. the answer. Yeah. So once a patient has actually tried two different medications for controlling their seizures, the chance of a third resulting in seizure freedom is less than 5%. But the chances of the ketogenic diet um, resulting in seizure freedom is up to 15%. Wow. Um, but almost about two thirds of patients actually see an improvement in seizures. That's significant. Um, huge. Absolutely. Wait, do we clean these mics? Is there any Corona, Robin, <laughs> on these mics from uh, previous guests? Did you spray no, them? and when I walked in the studio, there was this strange looking guy licking them. Like, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, so uh, so our diet is definitely affecting our health, mm-hmm. our brains, our heart, mm-hmm. you know, preventative for diseases. Uh, so tell us what is the keto diet? Like what, Mm -hmm. what should we be eating if we Mm want to go keto? Yeah. So generally the ketogenic diet is actually a really high fat diet. At least 75% of your total calories coming from fat. 75%. 75%. And the average American is about 30 to 35%, just to kind of put that in perspective. And then in terms of the carbohydrates, it's generally as low as 5% of the total calories, which most Americans are eating like 55 to 65% of their total calories. I only see chutney carbs. (laughs) What do you (laughs) breakfast? That's actually not true. (laughs) That stack of pancakes and toast? (laughs) No, I usually eat omelets and scrambles. I eat a lot of meats and fats, actually. I would say... My like percentages are, I mean, definitely <laughs> my carb percentage is definitely higher than five. It's yeah. probably closer to like 20, but I definitely have a high fat and protein as like my percentage of I'm so my glad macronutrients. You the high fat because, or the high protein, because actually the ketogenic diet is thought to be a high protein diet, but it's not necessarily. Oh, so okay. well, um, that I'm confused on because that's yeah. what most people say. Right. But you're so, the expert. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> So generally, the the protein, we're actually um, reducing the amounts from what a lot of people are actually eating if we're trying to get a therapeutic ketogenic diet, which is a little bit different than actually keto for weight loss. So it kind of depends on what your goals are. But um, generally, the percentage of calories from protein is anywhere from about 12 to maybe 20%. So it's generally lower than what a lot of patient, uh, a lot of people are actually eating in terms of protein. And the reason why is because you actually, the more protein you're eating, if you have an excess of protein, your body turns that into sugar in your body. So, really? Yeah. So we're talking about sustainability here, right? That's like yes, a big part exactly. of the show. Because so, we're here saving the planet. Yeah. One, One show, show at a time. time. That's our Alisa, little slogan that we do. Conrad, yeah. every time we say that, we all need to say it one more time. It's saving con- the planet. It's Conrad's first time. Let him- <laughs> One show at a time. <laughs> That's great. So when we're, our bodies, I like to say, are the best recycling plants on earth because the human Mm. body doesn't like to waste anything. So if you're taking in an excess of protein, your body doesn't want to just waste that. It's actually will turn that into energy and usable energy in the form of glucose or sugar. So your body doesn't like to, I just think it's amazing how the human body works and that your body will actually recycle and reduce and reuse just like we're trying to do um, in so, terms so of sustainability so what here. Okay. Is the kind of protein intake where you're getting to too much and then that's just adding to more sugar and dead weight. And that can really just depend on the person because obviously like your activity level and your muscle mass is all going to play into how much protein that you need. Um, but you can actually check your blood sugar levels and blood ketone levels and you can actually get a pretty good indication of if you're maybe eating too much protein 
um, because your blood sugar levels will be higher in that case. And when okay. you start to reduce that, we see that that goes down. Wow. That's so yeah. interesting. I never knew that about, about protein intake. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I, I learned that today. Yeah. So, so, so Christy, you are so wise about all this nutritional information. Where did your journey into learning about nutrition start? So I actually was diagnosed with migraines when I was 17. So I was in high school um, and I went and saw a physician that actually talked about how important um, lifestyle changes were to manage uh, migraines. So um, she actually put me on like an elimination diet and she talked about how important, you know, good sleep was and exercise to kind of help to boost serotonin levels, which are very protective in terms of um, migraines and um, eliminated a ton of different foods, mainly processed foods from my diet. And then you start to slowly add certain foods back in and you kind of figure out what your migraine triggers are. And within three days Mm -hmm. of kind of following this diet and not taking any medications, I was migraine free from, uh, I was having migraines daily at that point. And so I just was like fascinated with how the body, you know, uses nutrition and how that impacted the brain. So that kind of all started when I was 17. And so at that time, I actually wanted to be a doctor, a neurologist, because that's who I went to and, and got help from. Um, had no idea what a dietitian was and never heard of one. Um, and then I went to college and took a nutrition class and they talked about dietetics and um, I was just fascinated by by how the body, uh, how important nutrition is to make the body work well. So um, that's kind of where my journey started. And it's um, I didn't necessarily intend to focus on neurology. And that's just kind of how my path ended up. But um, I love it. It's great to be able to help other people in a similar way that I was helped. So something that is important, a key thing that I forgot to mention is there's a difference between a nutritionist that you taught me earlier mm-hmm. today and a dietitian. There is. And you're both, but what's the difference? Yeah. So uh, technically anybody can call themselves a nutritionist. Um, there's a title registered dietitian nutritionist or RDN. Um, and that basically means that you've had, you know, at least a bachelor's degree in nutrition. You've had supervised hours so that you're kind of following people that kind of know what's, what's going on with nutrition and learn from them. And you have to pass like a national exam. Um, And then you also have to maintain continuing education credits every five years to make sure you maintain that credential. So that's kind of the difference. Um, A lot of times people use it interchangeably. Some people get a little bit, you know, ruffled feathers with it. I understand that there's confusion, (laughs) so it doesn't necessarily bother me. But I think it's important if people are seeking out information that they're able to get it from good sources. So um, an RDN or a registered dietitian nutritionist is going to be able to RDN mm-hmm, okay. focus on you know chronic disease and really help to um, make sure that they're tailoring a nutrition plan specifically for you. So, so the lecture that I attended, I had three neurologists, mm-hmm. and then you were the mm-hmm. RDN yes. that spoke. And I once again, I learned so much. Uh, for, you lecture at hospitals mm-hmm. yes. here, and uh, I, I just. I, the brain's so intriguing because I know it seems like so many people now are getting dementia, mm-hmm. Alzheimer's, and mm-hmm. people aren't aware that we can, uh, you know, prevent that. Right. And right. and can you tell us how we can do that? Yeah. No, I think food is so powerful and we forget um, that, you know, our body runs on not just calories, but it runs on vitamins and minerals. And if you don't have the right balance of nutrients, then there's going to be deficits that happen. And so, um, you know, our food, we're inundated with so much sugar and so many carbohydrates from processed foods. Carbohydrates. Yes. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a bad word. It is. It is. Um, carbs. It's, you know, it's, it's a bad word. 
Um, but basically what happens when you're eating an excess amount of carbohydrates, which is really easy to do on what I call, you know, a, a, a sad diet, which is the standard American diet. Um, sad. It's the standard sad. American diet. Chip. Exactly. It's terrible. Um, but we have this excess of, of um, carbohydrates we're eating. We see an increased level in glucose. Um, that's the usable form of, of fuel that comes from carbohydrates that will increase in your body. And those levels unchecked kind of cause a, a number of different issues. First thing that it does is it actually increases insulin in the body. And so your insulin is what kind of needs, um, what your body needs to actually bring glucose levels down. And so um, when it ramps up those insulin levels, what happens is your body starts to store fat. Um, and then your body starts to get resistant to the, that amount of insulin that's kind of being produced, and it will produce more and more and more. And so then you're kind of driving this process of continual fat um, storage. And so we see, what do we see in America? We see a huge obesity epidemic, right? Absolutely. And, and, we, and, and I'm no expert, but I remember there was this big craze that was like, Everything's low anti-fat, fat. anti-fat, yes. low-fat, low-fat, yes. and lots of carbs, like right. all these boxes of different yeah, things. Yeah, snack wells. Like- Do you remember snack wells? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but, and you can actually They're so see- healthy, though. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, when it's 90% less fat and it's all carbs, right? Um, but don't, you can- don't forget that corn syrup. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Don't get me started on corn syrup. <laughs> and that's why, actually, we've had a few doctors on here that say mm-hmm. that that's maybe why there's so much Alzheimer's now. Exactly. So Alzheimer's is kind of like type 3 diabetes. So when when you start to have those high levels of, of glucose being produced, we have um, something called age being produced. It's called advanced glycosylated end products. And what that does is they're basically these molecules that produce damage. And it, and it happens all throughout the body. But when it's happening in the brain, that's where you get that plaque buildup. And that's where you can kind of see that development of Alzheimer's. So um, it's really important to control blood sugar levels. And that's, we really see that tied to a lot of different um, health conditions. So um, being able to control the amount of your, your blood sugar will help to control your weight. Um, it helps to control heart disease. Diabetes. Uh, diabetes, for sure, um, as well as um, high blood pressure. So all of these major health issues that we see can all really be reversed from a lower carbohydrate diet. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to go full keto, um, but eating even just like a low glycemic type diet where you're kind of choosing more whole foods, um, high fiber foods, you're helping to kind of minimize that or what we call glycemic response. So in terms of the amount of the really highly processed foods that increase your blood sugar levels and cause those spikes and also cause the insulin levels to increase as well. So controlling that with, you know, a, a, um, a lower carbohydrate diet, good amounts of fats, moderate amounts of protein that all helps to kind of balance your blood sugar levels. And what about the vegetable thing? Are uh, we supposed to have tons of plant-based vegetables? So, uh, yeah, I think that really varies from, ones. yeah, I think that varies from person to person. But what you'll notice from all these uh, like trendy fad diets is that the common thread is that they're reducing the amount of sugar, they're reducing processed foods, they're focusing on whole foods, and a lot of them focus on, you know, um, free range, um, healthier meats. Um, this meat. was an important thing that I, I we discussed mm-hmm. is, is how the sustainable mm-hmm. uh, meats, right, and fish. And can you explain a little yeah. bit on that? Yeah. So um, I think what's amazing is that when we start to make changes that improve our body, we also are generally making 
changes that improve the planet as well. And so you can, yeah, you can get two for one um, when you're choosing meats that are like free range, you know, grass fed cattle, pastured, you know, free range uh, chickens, you're getting healthier meats. So they have higher amounts of omega-3 and omega-3 is really um, anti-inflammatory, very good for the brain, very good for eyesight. Um, And then you have less omega-6 and omega-6 is actually that pro-inflammatory fat that's really tied to a lot of things like heart disease and other um, chronic conditions. So so, so wait, can we repeat that? Because I'm a little not... I'm a little not clear yeah. on that. Are you understanding what this omega, what did you say? So omega-3 yep. to omega-6. So generally the American diet is really high in omega-6, very low in omega-3s. And so that's a pro-inflammatory type diet. And so we see when we look at chronic disease, we see a really high correlation between um, inflammation and um, these diseases. So reducing inflammation by changing your diet can be really powerful to not only manage chronic disease, but also prevent it. So omega-6 is caused by what, the corn? Corn, soy, those soy. are, yeah. And generally those are also, you know, genetically modified foods with lots of, lots of pesticides on them. And that causes a host of other issues. And so organic is important. Correct. Yeah. So choosing organic and also knowing like organic doesn't necessarily mean pesticide free. It just means that they're using organic chemicals, but trying to buy from local farmers is, is great too, because you can talk to them, Hey, what, what are you doing to kind of control you know, for pests and weeds and things like that and making sure that you kind of know what's what's going on your food or grow your own. That's even better. Oh, there we go. That's <laughs> the most sustainable. Grow your own yes. garden. One thing I was wondering are, is, sea, is seafood really considered healthy anymore mm. with all the pollution and right. heavy metals that are in the ocean? Great question. I love seafood. I love yeah. good shrimp or salmon or I'm um, so glad you brought that up because, you know, um, yeah, it can be really hard to navigate that. And I think as we're polluting our planet more, it can be, it's like, what do you even eat anymore? Like, cause mm-hmm. there's always going to be something that's wrong with it. Right. Like even organic produce and stuff is like, you have different issues where glyphosate is actually you know contaminating those foods too. So you're glyphosate, like, what do I do? Um, uh, don't tell me um, that weed killer. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's in Roundup. Roundup. Yes. We'll circle <laughs> back to that one. Yeah. But yeah, the seafood. So seafoodwatch.org is actually, a, they have an app. They have a great website. You can actually look at seafood options that are more sustainable, better for the planet and also better for you because they have less toxic, um, you know, mm-hmm. chemicals. Um, I love wild planet, um, which is a brand. They make, um, tuna and sardines, um, I'm super excited to learn about this wild planet. Yeah, they're great. So they actually test all of their products for mercury and omega-3, and they've shown that they have less um, less mercury in their fish that they're catching and more omega-3. And the biggest uh, reason for that is they actually use poles to catch um, tuna and instead of actually like the traditional method where they're catching basically bigger fish. So they're catching smaller fish, which we know are then lower on the, the food chain. And Something so, I learned, she taught yeah. me today too. Yeah. And everybody listen up because the smaller fish are healthier. Right. Yeah. That's why swordfish is super unhealthy. Exactly. Because they're really high in mercury because they're so big and they're like apex predator. I right. love swordfish steak. It's like <laughs> one of my favorites Well, it's, out there, it's what you do most of the time that matters. And there's also other things that if you're actually eating a good diet, your body's able to detoxify better too. So fiber is really important for that. Fiber will help to kind of um, cling to things. It's sort of like a sponge. So it will sort of cling on to like um, to, uh, toxins and stuff and kind of carry that through the body. So lots of different mm. ways that you can in, basically enhance your body's natural detoxification as well. So 
Okay, yeah. I definitely need to research how to do that because mm -hmm. I so want to eat all the swordfish. <laughs> so. so we need to cut to a song, uh, and then I want to discuss um, the glyphosates. Yes, got to go back to glyphosate yes. and Roundup, and then also the sardines. Yes, sick. yeah, got to get back to that. Absolutely. So, Eliza, are we are we going to start with a uh, and Conrad a song? Uh, are you guys going to sing together? Play Actually. together? I wish he would sing with me. He actually sings really well for a guitar player, especially. <laughs> he harmonizes with me in the car and stuff. But we're actually going to do uh, an original of mine called I Fall. I love it. Yeah. We're doing it electric for the, one of the first times. Oh, so like how the, exciting. The style change. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, we need it right there. Okay. And then I have a quick question. Uh, so how did you guys get started with your music? And Conrad, didn't you win uh, at Alice Cooper's Pudding this year? Uh, 2018. Oh, I was the okay. uh, first place solo artist. Yeah. Oh, winner. congrats. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's so exciting. And how did you guys uh, start your music? Was it your inspiration? Uh, funny enough, we kind of met sort of through the proof because he knew, uh, you actually had him a couple weeks ago, I believe, Isaiah Tilson. Oh, he's great. Friend, our yeah. mutual friend. We actually met oh, through him. yes. We started doing uh, Thursdays at the Grand in downtown, and then we ended up starting to work together and playing music together. So oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And we've just been doing it since. <laughs> well, we're excited to hear your song. All Yay. Yay. you 
voice is so soulful. Oh my gosh, Thank you. incredible. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was amazing. Amazing. That Can you just sing me to sleep Beautiful. every day? <laughs> we love you already. Both of you guys are amazing Thank together. You. Wow. So uh, how who, you wrote the song? I did, The yeah. lyrics, all of it? I wrote that song actually after a nightmare that I had. Uh-oh. It was super crazy. <laughs> I kind of lost a family member about last year around oh, the holidays, around Christmas. I'm and, so sorry. Um, I had like a weird, kind of a nightmare, kind of a weird fond memory dream. And and it just kind of, I woke up and I started writing lyrics. And then uh, one day he just started playing guitar and I just kind of put it to the music and we've just been doing it since. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I'm sorry about your loss. No worries. Thank you so much. Uh, so Chet? What did you that think? was beautiful. Yeah, Thank you. your voice is so soothing. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I was just like so relaxed. But um, yeah, I want to hear them play another one. Uh, so. Yeah, could we, could we do another one? Absolutely. We actually have a, a cover ready for you. All right, by Alicia Keys. One of my I favorite love it. songs by her. All right, here we go. Past, and I ain't nothing like I was before. 
You ought to see me now Yes, I was burned, but I call it a lesson learned. Mistake overturned, so I call it a lesson learned. Oh, oh, my soul has returned, so I call it a lesson learned. Another lesson learned. Oh, said again. Was burned, but I call it a lesson learned. Some mistake overturned, so I call it a lesson learned. My soul has returned, so I call it a lesson learned. Oh, a lesson learned. Oh, no, no, a lesson learned. Yeah. Can I have your autograph now? <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> now. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Wow. And you guys are a dynamic duo, too. Definitely. He can play anything. I just throw it at him. And he's like, okay, give me five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, when I saw Conrad perform at Alice Cooper's pudding, uh, I was just blown away. Blown oh, thank away. You. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. How, how many years did, did you perform in that? I uh, my first year was 2017 and I took second place uh, as a solo artist and then 2018 and I took it that year um, but they've had me perform at the Christmas Pudding show every year that's so what I thought because yeah, I yeah. feel like I see you perform there all the time yeah. okay yeah yeah, yeah. awesome and fun. then what about you Lisa what was your first time to perform Ooh. there actually I haven't been in the Poof Pudding actually oh. I, I want to do it this year actually oh. since I, I've had so many friends do it and this is actually my first year that I've heard about it I'm still considered a youth so. <laughs> Or ah. a ute. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking of, of joining it later in September, I think, is when it really starts. Because that competition uh, helps any musicians, songwriters um, to, uh, once you compete in that, what, what happens, Conrad? What do you get from It's It's a lot of exposure. Winning. It's a ton of networking. Oh, so um, the cash value changes year from year. But you get a cash prize and then you get to open up for Alice Cooper at the uh, Christmas Pudding event. Um, that's just absolute blast. It's usually a sold out, sold out show at Celebrity Theater every year. Wow. Um, and we've had Hollywood vampires, you know, Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. um, ton, we had Slash prior. Uh, it's an amazing event. It's an incredible show. And, and you uh, get to hang out with those guys. That's so cool. Yeah, it, it's a really, really cool event. And it really opens your eyes to what the music industry can really provide for you. Mm -hmm just going into it, you know, having a professional mentality and uh, just really putting on your best show. You never know. You might take it all the way. The, a lot of the rounds of the actual competition make you bring out your own originals. And I have a few, but I really need to work on writing more. So, I mean, it would kind of force me into, <laughs> into writing as many as I can. Honestly, Isn't that think, great? That's yeah, wonderful. I mean, it, it teaches you more, if anything. Chet? Yeah. That's my name. What's up? <laughs> Do you have a question for them? Well, um, I want to say... What inspires you guys to write your own original music other than contests? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not the only reason, thank God. That's a good but, um, question. A lot of my songs have always been, you know, just kind of little uh, 
phrases that I think of, things that I think sound kind of smart and rhyme usually. But recently, a lot of them have been more about life experiences and, you know, losing or gaining or just learning in general and kind of understanding as you get older, yeah. that kind of stuff. And so <laughs> what advice do you have to other young artists that might be listening that want to get out there? I think the biggest thing is is just keep writing because I honestly like at my first song I was like this sounds ridiculous I sound like Dr. Seuss (laughs) (laughs) I would laugh at myself and be like this will never be a song you know you read your lyrics and Mm. I mean if you read any lyrics of any song it doesn't sound like a song unless you've heard it you know what I mean like if you took any song and just read those lyrics they're like mumbo jumbo but once you get to your Mm -hmm. like 12th song your 15th song and you start putting music to it you find your style and then you realize I can make a song I can take all of these 12 songs that look ridiculous and turn it into one really good song Mm. oh I love that that's kind of what I end up doing usually (laughs) oh that's great that's great advice and how are the two of you being um, more sustainable more eco-friendly I feel like you know music itself is so healing to the planet to people because you make people feel better like you can be in a bad mood I kind of had a rough day I had a roof leak today and you know I get in here and just the show makes me happy and everybody you know I learned so much from Christy Wheeler and uh, your music just who soothes the soul so (laughs) what what do you guys do that um, beyond your music to help the planet I think firstly actually musically is one of the biggest things we like to do is carpool because we all end up kind of we're all of our friends are mostly in the music community so we end up having to drive long places like Mesa and I used to live in Deer Valley and having to just drive around everywhere for gigs we always end up meeting in one spot and just driving there together so that that's we a don't huge thing five yeah. of us driving or like six cars for no reason when we can just go in one big car thank you so much you're doing so much right there well, thank you. And we can use the carpool lane so we can go faster. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think it's probably the most. You guys popular. are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, probably the most. I mean, besides that, I mean, as people, I've I've switched from plastic bags to like reusable mm-hmm. bags for there I hate go. wasting plastic. I reuse the plastic ones for like toilet trash mm-hmm. cans, which most people do. Just things like that, um recycling cans, all that fun stuff, actually taking them somewhere to get recycled cuz, you know, you never know what happens to them afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I, I love all your ideas and uh, everything you're doing is, uh, you know, helping our planet. Remind our listeners really quick where they can find you on SoundCloud and Spotify yeah. and Important YouTube, stuff. all that stuff. He and I are working on recording our albums because we can put them out onto iTunes and, and Spotify and all of the major markets, which is so good that there's so many tools nowadays. You don't have to be extremely famous. And, and that's more but, sustainable to not have, yeah. you know, to just be able to hear it online. Right. Exactly. And then just listen to as many times as you like. Okay. And not have a thousand CDs. <laughs> but you can find me on Instagram. You can find both of us on Instagram and YouTube, right? Do you Facebook. YouTube? Facebook. Facebook. I have a YouTube. Mine is Eliza, which is E L E E Z A dot music. Doing it right now. <laughs> there you go. That's my Instagram. Everybody That's my listening, YouTube. friend them right now. Eliza and then Conrad. Uh, Conrad Varela guitarist. Pretty much the same everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, Instagram. I'm out there. You can Varela. find me. Not I love Varela. it. Yeah. So, are we going to hear another song? If, if you, we're, we're going to c- go back to um, talking about nutrition, and then we'll cut to a song. But are you guys going to do another duet? Or are we going to do? Um, I'll be doing some originals, oh. some fun metal shred stuff. Yeah, something a little different. So there we go. We'll see how that goes. All right. Well, thank you guys so much, and feel free to ask um, this beautiful dietitian, <laughs> certified dietitian, any questions that you might have for your own um, thoughts. And uh, so. Give us, we were talking about um, glyphosate. That's, that's kind of right. where we left Round off. Yeah. So glyphosate is like the active ingredient in Roundup. So most people, if you've ever gone to like Home Depot or Lowe's, like you've seen like huge end caps of Roundup to kill your weeds. And most people probably have it at home. So glyphosate is that active ingredient in it. And it was basically developed for genetically modified foods. 
So mainly like soy and corn. And basically what happens is um, the same company that makes the chemical has actually produced these seeds that are resistant to the chemical. So that way farmers can plant the seeds and they can spray the chemical all over that, that farmland. Exactly. What, what you're eating, what we're eating is being sprayed by Roundup. Just picture that. Right. I mean, seriously, p- picture in your mind somebody out there spraying all that chemical and then you go and eat that. And, and when you picture it, picture somebody in what looks like a biohazard suit spraying this all over the food because that's what happens. So but then we're eating it. And the amount of this chemical that is like been poured over this planet is insane. It's killing butterflies and bees and we need all of this for pollinating our food. So we're, we're really kind of coming to this point where, A, this is not sustainable. This is not something that's good for our, our environment or our planet. Our health. And it's not good for our health either. And so glyphosate actually functions as an antibiotic, which we know there's tons of antibiotic resistance um, right now because we're overusing antibiotics. Most antibiotics are actually used in our food. It's not people overusing antibiotics because they get a cold. So we really have to look at our food source as um, an issue for, so I'm for this. How is the antibiotic in our food? Is it in the animal? So it's, well, it's used a lot for animals, mm-hmm. but it's also sprayed on a lot of foods to kind of protect that plant. So kind of what we call prophylactically, meaning like before there's actually an infection, they're trying to kind of prevent that. And glyphosate is actually, it was initially produced as an antibiotic. And we're using this in like the hundreds of millions of tons like per year in terms of all over the world. And so it's just, it's absorbed into our water supply. It's absorbed into so many foods and and it's contaminated our water so that it's even contaminating organic products. So when we're shopping at the grocery Mm -hmm. store, what can we do to avoid that chemical? Mm -hmm. Do we just have to shop for only organic whole foods, essentially just nothing that really comes out of a box. So organic is always the best way to try to avoid pesticides. And um, you can eliminate like your pesticide exposure by about 80%. If you're choosing um, foods that are organic or the, what they call the clean 15. Um, So those are, are actually foods that the environmental working group has come out. They test foods every year and they actually determine which foods are the cleanest in terms of having the least amount of pesticide exposure. And then they have have what's called the dirty dozen, which are the the foods that are tend to be the the highest amount of, of pesticides. So, do you know what those dirty dozen are? They that um, apples are like number one. Strawberries is a big one. A lot of the leafy greens. So, if you think about the foods that you tend to eat, the the whole food, there's not like a peel on it. So, things like avocados or bananas, those generally tend to be cleaner because. If there's pesticides on it, you're kind of eliminating that outer shell and you're... With the peel. Correct. And you're not eating that piece. So, so that kind of makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if, if lettuce is sprayed, it's going to be right. smothered in it. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So but I'm trying... surprised with the apple because that skin is kind of a rougher... But most people are eating the skin. So they test it in the way that people generally are eating the food. So, and they also wash it. So that's, some people think they're washing away all the pesticides and that it it is getting absorbed into the food. So, um, but basically either choosing the, um, Mm -hmm. the dirty dozen, if you're choosing those organic and, or eating the clean 15, you reduce your pesticide exposure by about 80%. So pretty huge. Well, I know you're supposed to shop local and Mm -hmm. and sustainably it's, it's, um, you know, better for the environment to Mm -hmm. shop local, but when you do go to Costco, they do have a lot of organic lately. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can get it for, a, you know, organic is so expensive. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, I mean, right. it, it really breaks the bank. Yeah. Uh, but now Costco, I guess they have a huge mm-hmm. 
uh, people are really asking for organic. And Walmart even. I mean, this is the thing that people are like, you vote with our dollar, right? So when you're making these choices. You're perfect for the show, by the way. You know about everything sustainable. (laughs) (laughs) But so, you know, when when we're actually making these choices to choose organic foods, the rest of the food manufacturing, they're going to come on board. And so, and that's what we've seen even just in the last like five to 10 years that we're seeing a huge push that now organic is much more available than it ever has been before. So I think, you know, continuing to make those choices is going to help to kind of push, um, push food manufacturers into making more sustainable options that are better for the environment and for us. Well, like you just said, but with your dollar, uh, when you're at your grocery store, whether it's, you know, uh, a little Trader Joe's mm-hmm. or which has a lot of organic right. whole foods, wherever it is, mm-hmm. if you, you just go and they have like a comment box mm-hmm. and if everybody's saying we want organic, we want organic, mm-hmm. the cost is going to go down. Right. Exactly. So we need everyone to do that. Right. Really stop buying the other stuff right. and then everything will be organic. And support your local farmers. Go yes. to the farmer's market. You can Thank get you. great options. The food's fresher. A lot of times they're picking it fun. that day. Exactly. How fun is the <laughs> farmer's market? It's great. It's so fun to go with your friend yeah. or your boyfriend. Yeah. Chet, you should go with Christina. It's fun. <laughs> it's a good to time. Yeah, yeah, you go and you pick all that local produce yeah. that's organic. And it is, like you said, it, it's less expensive. Right. You get to socialize with everybody like mm-hmm. the olden days. And you're getting better nutrients as well. Because yes. the minute you pick something it's starting to lose its nutritional value. And most of what you're buying at the grocery stores maybe been picked like a week or two prior, a lot of times before it's even ripe. So it's not going to taste as good. You're getting less nutrients from it. So either growing your own or going to like a farmer's market and getting those things is a great way to to, to support local farms and also just your improve your health. And that's how we're here, saving the planet. Mm-hmm. One, one show, show at a time. time. <laughs> Nobody knew it that time. So, that's good. so besides uh, glyphosate, what other... Uh, foods or pesticides out there that we don't really know about are really bad for us that we could eliminate from our diets that would be good for our gut health or brain health. So glyphosate's the big one just because it's probably the most common commonly used one. Um, A lot of other pesticides that are used uh, eventually get pulled from the market because they're so toxic. (laughs) So like ancient orange and like all these things that we heard about that were like more of our parents or grandparents generation. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the glyphosate also is used um, as a drying chemical. So like it'll get sprayed on wheat actually after it's um, harvested. So it's not even used in the process of actually kind of preventing weeds, but it helps to kind of just dry out that weed and prevent like mold and fungus from from actually um, uh, being produced. So it's sprayed on everything. And so I think even if that's the one thing you focus on, that's probably the most important. So um, and that's why it's important to buy even like organic breads and things like that if you're going to, you know, eat you know, eat those kinds of products because um, generally they're going to have a lot of glyphosate uh, residue. That was actually good timing is that was one of my other questions I had are is how bad is bread? Because <laughs> it's so debated. So, so you're asking a ketogenic dietitian right now. So I, I am a little bit biased in that sense. But um, but I think it's less about the food and more that what that's been done to it. So um, you know, the glyphosate exposure, um, how we've really fa- our farming practices are, are horrific. Um, so we're having, we're producing things basically just for improving yields. 
and um, so it comes down to the bottom line. And um, we've subsidized our government subsidizes food that's not healthy, like soy and corn. So it's really cheap to produce those things. Um, but they have like z- oh, next to no nutritional value, especially once they've been sprayed with all these chemicals. So um, you know, bread in and of itself, if you're like making it yourself and you're using organic, you know, wheat berries, and then it's not so bad, right? Okay. So, but there are some people that are going to have legitimate, you know, issues in terms of you know, tolerating gluten. Um, but again, I think it's much more uh, related to like glyphosate specifically that can be really damaging to the gut. Okay. So I think it's those things that, you know, people kind of have an intolerance to more than anything. Good to know. And then one other question that's been kind of bugging me the whole episode, I wanted to ask it earlier, but I got uh, pushed past. Uh, <laughs> when you got rid of your migraines mm-hmm. and you tried the elimination diet, yeah. what was the effective yeah. food that you eliminated? And have you ever had any issues with them coming back yeah. or anything like no, that? No, it's, it's a great, great question. So, you know, migraines are very complicated and I, you know, I work mainly with, with patients with epilepsy, which is also very complicated. There's a lot of things that can play into seizures. Um, so I do sometimes still get migraines. Usually if I'm stressed out and I'm not eating well, and I'm not sleeping well, um, all of those things kind of play into it. Um, my big, uh, actual triggers are soy and sesame. So, um, Hmm. I have to avoid those pretty much all the time. So Asian food is usually out. Um, oh, but uh, interesting. But there's some good alternatives. Coconut aminos are something that I use. But um, but yeah, everybody's kind of different. So sometimes, um, you know, it, it just kind of depends. But generally, you're eliminating a lot of those processed foods. But there's also a lot of whole foods that you could argue are healthy. But for whatever reason, just like when people have like a peanut allergy or an allergy to something, it's very similar in, in that sense. So... Um, for me, those are the things that I have to avoid. Fascinating. <laughs> Great question. So um, if, if somebody uh, doesn't have epilepsy as mm-hmm. a child, like an adult, mm-hmm. can with the wrong diet, can we, mm-hmm. any of us get epilepsy or have an ep- epileptic uh, seizure? Yeah. So anybody, a seizure can happen to anybody. Generally, epilepsy is classified if there's um, not a cause or a trigger to that seizure. So Sometimes you hit your head really hard and you're going to have a seizure and that you wouldn't necessarily be diagnosed with epilepsy. Um, but sometimes you can have like traumatic brain injury. So a lot of our soldiers are coming back from, you know, mm. war with traumatic brain injury and they get epilepsy mm. as a result of that. So there's there's definitely different applications for the ketogenic diet um, within, you know, adults as well um, in terms of managing seizures, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. It's being utilized a lot for cancer now as well. So um, lots of different ways that we're actually expanding the use of the ketogenic diet. So it's very interesting. Best time, I think, to be um, a professional in, in the field. So oh, you have a great job. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and and you're, you're a great speaker. I mean, I, I was just... Uh, I just, I thought I, I, I made a beeline after the lecture to run up and say, will you be on my show? <laughs> and I was like, well, hi, what's my, well, my name's Christy. What's your name? <laughs> and that's why I said, will you be on my show? I got so excited. <laughs> As you can see why. So very uh, passionate about it. I love talking about nutrition you, so. and the environment, which mm-hmm. I want to mention, Chet, I don't know if you saw in her notes that uh, she believes in, she wants to foster children instead of having her own to help the environment. So in every way, she's so sustainable. So, mm-hmm. and she already is a advocate for. Mm-hmm. Can you explain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually volunteer as a court appointed a special advocate or CASA um, in Maricopa County. So basically, um, not every child in foster care gets a CASA. Um, but for the children that do, they actually tend to be in the system for about half the time as other kids. 
Um, they tend to be less likely to actually age out of the system, more likely to graduate from high school. And all of that really has to do with just having somebody in their corner advocating for them and what they need. So what does that look like? What, what do you actually do? So I actually visit with the foster kids. I talk to um, the foster family or the placement. Um, I can talk to the school. I basically have full reign. I have a court order that of one anybody. Child. Yeah, it okay. can be one child or it could be a sibling group sometimes. So it okay. just depends on the situation. But you're assigned one case, and you're basically supposed to stick with that case until it's completed. So, so you're um, always checking on this kid. Yeah. And yeah. you become friends? Monthly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you can be a mentor, but also basically just making sure that you're advocating for their needs. So if they're making sure their healthcare stuff is situated, that they're getting what they need from school, um, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, even just that they're a kid and that they get mm. to just enjoy being a kid. Because a lot of times these, these children, unfortunately, come from really bad situations and um, they haven't had that opportunity. So you can take them to the zoo. You can take them to the museum, like just have fun with them. And I want to do so this. It's, it's super rewarding. It's amazing. Only about like, um, I think there's um, the the statistics are about one of six kids have a CASA. Um, so it's, it's pretty mm-hmm. low and it's just related to that. They need more volunteers. So um, it's great. You can learn more about just Google court appointed special advocate and you have to go through training and things like that, but it's been a really rewarding process. I'm really well. Maybe next time you're on the show, we can get that uh, yeah, organization on. Absolutely. Yeah, I would love that. Fabulous. That is so nice you to do that. Isn't that Talk nice? about making the world a better place and being very sustainable. So that's really amazing of you. It really is. Not only are you making people more healthy, but you're also helping the kids out there that need yeah. it the most. So that's really nice. How did Thanks. you get involved with that? I actually was interested in fostering um, kids at some point. That's something that I would like to do. Um, And so I was just kind of getting some more information about it. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up hearing about what a CASA was. And I was like, this probably fits my season of life a little bit better um, than, you know, fostering a kid. Um, So I kind of went through the process and it's amazing because the one thing that's great about it is that you're kind of that that sense of permanency and consistency for that child's life. Mm. A lot of times they're in the foster care system, you know, generally on average two to four years. Um, and they could be in, you know, a dozen different foster homes or group homes during that time. They move around that much. They can. I did not know that. Mm. And every time they get moved, it's a a potential trauma, um, in terms of how it basically they, they feel that, you know, every time they're kind of moved. So basically having that CASA helps them to, you know, feel that consistency and know that there's somebody there. You're always there watching over to make sure that they're in a good home. And you're only they're, they're your only case. Um, whereas, you know, different, um, uh, you know, their lawyers and things like that. They might have 50 different cases. DCS, as we all know, is is very overrun and stretched thin. And so things get lost in the in the cracks. But you're, those kids are kind of like your only only focus so you can really help them out. It's, it's pretty You're amazing. amazing. How do people Thanks. find you if they want to get help with their nutrition needs? Yeah, so my uh, website's superiorsustenance.com. Um, so that's the best way to find me. Um, but yeah, I have all my details on on my website and love to help people. So, well, can we get you on again next I month? I would love it. Yes. <laughs> You're right now appointed our new nutritionist. Dietitian. Did you yeah. not listen? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Dietitian. Yeah. Thank you. Good you need to work job. on your listening skills. Come on. Catch. I have to work on my memory actually. <laughs> what do I need to eat for uh, that? Some fish oil. It's great. <laughs> sardines. We didn't really talk about oh. that, but sardines are great. So yes. can, can we talk about sardines and then we have to get to Conrad? Wait, yeah, Conrad. Yes. Con- Wait, Conrad let's, has... let, let, let's let Conrad play first. I so want to hear Conrad. I really yeah. want to hear Conrad. Thank you so much. Uh, so thanks to Goodwill, our, our premier sponsor, and um, Stroman Waters, 
and Onyx Body were able to do this show. Thank you so much, everybody. Shop at Goodwill. Conrad, what are we going to hear? Uh, an original of mine, very heavy metal, very Love fun. It. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Woo! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
listening to In the Green Room. Join us here live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. or anytime on demand 24-7 on StarWorldWideNetworks.com.